You want a podcast that loves and mingles with celebrities and influencers and brings them right to you? Welcome to the Glow Podcast, the show that's raw, real, and absolutely inspiring. Get ready to laugh, cry, and get ready for a real, raw, unfiltered ride as we dive deep into the incredible and sometimes controversial stories of your favorite celebrities and influencers. This is where the extraordinary becomes the ordinary and where inspiration knows no bounds. And now your host, the former WWE superstar, viral TikToker, celebrity fitness and nutrition coach, and all-around force to be reckoned with, Gabby Tuft. Welcome to the Glow Podcast. I am your host, Gabby Tuft. This is our breakout episode. We have a very special celebrity guest for you on this very first episode. But before I pop the seal and tell you guys exactly who it is, I want to remind everybody that this is a listener-supported podcast. So every time I fly out to Las Vegas or I fly one of our guests into Austin, we are looking to you for support. So if you want to support us and you want a little more, such as behind-the-scenes footage and the entire Glow Podcast on on video, raw and unfiltered, head over to our Patreon at patreon.com forward slash Gabby Tuft. We're going to have video and images that we probably will never show on social media because they'll probably kick us off of there. But enough said about that. It's time to introduce our guest. Ladies and gentlemen, he is the internet's most notorious gossip columnist gossip columnist. He was voted number one web celeb per Forbes magazine three years in a row, and he is the pioneer of internet celebrity news. Please welcome Perez Hilton to the Glow Podcast. Yay. I am so happy to meet you in person Same. and also give your audience some context. You were so kind to invite me to go to you in Texas, but I'm a single father of three, and it's a lot for me to go and be gone from my kids. So you came to Las Vegas where I live now. Dead. And we're doing this in the evening, which is a little bit of a quieter time for me. My mom is with the kids. So she's she, she's grandma and nanny and she's a co-parent and she's she's wonderful. Okay. Uh, and I, I've been following you for a while and I'm so inspired by you. Oh my God. Uh, well, we're also around the same age. Uh, the exact same age. I'm 45. Oh my God. Wait, were you born in 78? Yes. Oh my God. Wait a second. What month? March. Okay. So my birthday is coming up. Oh my God. Happy early birthday. Uh, but yeah, no, I, I was thinking it's so inspiring uh, that you you are a living example that you know at any point in your life, you can turn things around, live your truth, be happy. And not only did you do that selfishly for yourself, but now all these years later and into your journey, you're helping other people as well. All of that. And also like, I, I see what you're doing. You're just such a smart business person as well. Yeah. And I respect the hustle and, everything like and now transforming your body like i always you're working out trying to get super thin and like well i gotta work out harder too i'm not well, <laughs> hang on i'm not the only one working out so you have made one hell of a transformation because i used to read your column so you know talking about us being the same age back in like college years and like pre-college i would like i would read your your column because you used to sit on like sunset and do your blog right did you live in la back in the day no i lived in socal though okay <laughs> i lived in san clemente i was in south orange okay, county yeah i'd been there i'd been there uh yeah i i was so poor when i started blogging and actually i'm 
a bit of a tech idiot. So I moved into this new apartment and I called whatever the cable provider was there in Los Angeles and they wanted to charge me so much more money to have somebody come and install the Wi-Fi. Right. They just said, oh, we'll send you a box. You do it yourself. But I'm like, well, what if it doesn't work? I would just rather somebody come. And I said, you know what? Forget about it. I'll just walk down to the coffee bean and tea leaf literally half a block from my apartment. That's what it was. So I was doing that literally for three years. I would go and work out of there. And I was so insane because I would sit there at like 4.30 in the morning. Oh my God. Before they would even open because they didn't open at 5 or 5.30. They open at 6 a.m. Oh, they're late bloomers. And I had to be on East Coast time because I would do a lot of radio okay. back then. And I'd call in to B96 in Chicago or call that radio station in New York. And um, I needed to have access to the Wi-Fi. So I'd use right. the free Wi-Fi at the coffee bean. Oh, that's how you, so instead of paying for something, yes. you're just like, let me just go down here and get the yeah. free Wi-Fi. And look how it worked out. Things worked out pretty well. Pioneered the whole damn industry. I'm so impressed. Uh, you mentioned kids. So you have, and what's crazy is you have a, a daughter. I have two daughters and a son, yeah. Okay, how old are your daughters? My daughters are eight and six. And one of them is named Mia. Correct? Yes. So my daughter's name is Mia. I know. Well. So. I know, I see you shopping for food for her and trying to be healthy. And I, I try, we, we try, but she's like every other 12 year old where it's like, okay, I had my broccoli, can we do like a pint of ice cream right now? So. I, you know, I believe, well, I was very, even after when I was young, for most of my life, I've been a very larger person or unhealthy is how I like to talk about it. I don't like, to, I mean, not that there's anything wrong with the F word, no, fat, no. but fat is a physical. Unhealthy is deeper than just fat. So I was unhealthy for the majority of my life. And I wish that I uh, was taught that what I'm trying to teach my kids Balance and moderation. Oh, so important. That's, I mean, I guess it's basically like the Weight Watchers approach. Yeah. I don't do yeah. Weight Watchers, but I don't you know, either. <laughs> Weight Watchers is kind of like, you know, like if you eat healthy almost every meal, but have like two cheats or three cheats a week, you'll be good. So you're good. You're absolutely going to find that you don't have those extremes when you have a little bit of give and take. At least that's what we do with like our coaching clients. And that's what I've been doing for years. If you are so strict, that you never allow yourself, you know, a little pumpkin bread or a little bit of brownies. Those aren't my two favorite foods, by the way. <laughs> I went ham on Thanksgiving. You're going to go off the deep end and you're going to regret it. But you've, you've been sticking with it because I've been kind of following your weight loss journey. Well, last year, I, you know, people may not believe this, but I really am a food addict. And it's really... In what, in what way? In that... Even though I may have, and I do possess, the mental uh, information of what I should and shouldn't do, sometimes when life hits you hard, you revert back to your addict ways. Oh, yeah. You revert back to the way you were programmed when you were young. Oh, yeah. So last year, I was dealing with moving and then moving again because I built a house in Las Vegas, which I love. Oh, yeah. But having to pack a second time in 12 months and then unpack. I just, I just stopped going. It was, it was a slow progression of, I don't, I can't go to the gym today. I'm too tired. And then after like packing and, yeah, getting and then, ready to move and, and then, okay, I haven't gone to the gym in three weeks, in three days, then, all right, I'll have this. 
then it just snowballs. Oh, yeah. And then it's like, oh my God, I've been a month without going to the gym and being, e- eating so unhealthily. So I'm like Oprah. You know, Oprah yo-yoed <laughs> her whole life. And now she's found a weight loss drug that works for her. Great. I don't take any weight loss drugs. For me- I'm so proud of you. Oh my God. Yeah. For me, I really- I. My body has told me through trial and error and, and example that if I just work out regularly and eat healthily most of the time, I'll get results, thankfully. I am so impressed because so many people are diving for like Ozempic and the GLP-1s and those sorts of things. I mean, I don't hold it against them. It's the new thing, but you look back 10, 15, 20 years and all. I, I'm from Miami, from a large Cuban family, and I know so many people that had some weight stomach alteration surgery you know yeah. the oh gosh stapling yeah. or lap band or this is that yeah. and most of them gained the weight back even with that procedure i see that all the time with my clients i have people come to me after their gastric sleeves and it's like five years later ten years later they're like i'm back where i was what do i do and i don't know if ozempic is a lifetime permanent solution for people if it's a temporary thing that will really help you and then you can maintain afterwards and i'm all do whatever you want for you, but <laughs> but, uh, but for you it's been balance. Yeah. So I see you going to the gym all the time. Yeah. Now I'm. Well, the great thing is, is like I believe in energy, right? So negative energy is contagious, and positive energy is contagious. And the more you get back in the gym, and the more you eat healthy, the more you want to keep doing that, and even doing something that I never used to do before, which is trying to prioritize sleep. Oh my God. Sleep is my biggest weakness just because I have so much to do and it's like I don't have enough hours in the day. So we, you know, you're, you're a business entrepreneur. You always have been like since you started your blog, you're, you're always out there. Us entrepreneurs know we're the only people in the world that would rather work 80 hours, 90 hours a week yes. than go work 40 hours a week for somebody else. <laughs> and so that means sacrificing sleep. And How I'm, much sleep do you get? Brit. <laughs> Brit's over here. I know. We... Four hours, yeah, I get four or five, five usually. So. And you can still make it into the gym on that little sleep? So I actually don't go into the gym anymore because I'm trying to lose right, more right. muscle mass, but I will go do an hour of high-intensity cardio. Wow. But what happens is- Now I'll, that I'm old, I'm, I think I'm like a few months older than you, it's so much harder for me to work out on little sleep. Oh my God. Well, it catches up to me. So I'll last about two weeks and then I'll just die. Like and I'll get to like a Saturday or a Sunday. Like Britt's nodding over there. I'll get a Saturday or Sunday and I'll get up. I'm like, I got all these things I need to do and then I'll just crash. I'm like, nope, I can't do anything. So, so I know this is your podcast. No, I just want. I have a lot of questions for you oh my God, too. Yeah. Tables are turned. Do no, it. no, we'll do it both ways. I love this. Um, I'm just curious. So, like, with your journey, maybe and I'm sure you've spoken about it before, but maybe there's some people that don't remember when you spoke about it previously. Did you feel that you were always born in the wrong body or was this a revelation that came to you later on in life? Much later. No. Wow. Yeah. So I I had to chase it back to childhood. So I used to get dressed up in my mom's clothes and stuff when nobody was around. Uh, and it was very taboo. So nobody ever caught me. But society, very quickly, like kids got the shit kicked out of them. Like boys, if you Nobody caught feminine, you though. It was just societal no, conditioning. It, and so I learned as I got older, I'm like, this can never come out. So I buried it. And like 36 years old, it kind of stuff started coming back to me. And I, I've talked about this um, before, but I just, I don't know why. I, I have no clue why it came back. I have no clue why I felt the need to start presenting female out of nowhere. Cause I, I, there was none of it my whole life ever since I buried it. So it just, it showed up and it was do or die for me. Like I didn't wow. want to go on living. It was crazy press. Wow. And I also love that. I, I feel like, 
it's safe to ask you anything. Of course. Without you being offended. Because nothing oh. that I would ask you would come from a negative place either. No. Some to maybe most trans people don't want to talk about surgery. Right. right. Oh, yeah. Um, and I'm not even talking about you specifically, but I, th I think of myself like, wow, if I was a trans, if I was born a biological male and then felt the need to transition, I don't know if I would have bottom surgery because like, what if I regretted it? Oh, I'm, like, I'm sitting on that right now. So what if I, but then so a lot of them do get it and they're very happy, but I'm like, what if like, there's no going back after mm, that? Yeah, it's like, well, like there's no going back as where I am right now. Like I'm already so far transitioned that like I'd have to have other surgeries to have like my brow bump put back in and all the facial features and go get back on testosterone. It just, it'd be a train wreck, you know, but the bottom surgery, well, I don't ever judge anybody for going and getting it. The more I researched it, the more I'm not comfortable yet. Well, I it. saw this one video of this w one sex worker. Okay. <laughs> who, um, it you know you you have to, you have to really maintain it post op oh, super yeah. well, and hers kind of became deformed, and it's like that's not actually, uncommon. I know it's ah! it's crazy, and like if you don't dilate like all the time, then it closes up. I'm all well. What happens when I'm 80? And I, you know, oh my God, wow, the yes. the past, and I'm like, do I want to, do I want to sit on this thing and stick it up there every day when I'm 80 years old? Am I going to care? What, Wait, do they still have to keep doing that I their whole life? Well, well, they say if you don't use it, if you don't, if you're not having sex consistently, it you will close it. up. Wow. You don't use it. You lose it. I mean, it's true. <laughs> <laughs> I can, I can actually vouch that in other areas too, because hormones do weird things too. And I, yeah. So things just aren't the way they used to be. Let's put it that way. <laughs> so that one guy I saw in a video with you, was that your boyfriend? Is that your boyfriend? Todd? The big guy? The big guy that kind of looks like the way I used to before I transitioned? Yes. Uh, so he's not my boyfriend, no. He Are you is, figuring it out? Is it a new um, friend that you have benefited? We're talking about Todd. I've never, <laughs> I love Todd. Uh, so here's what Todd is. So Todd is a, a really good family friend. So there's there's um, there's no interaction. Between You've known him a long time. We've known him since early in my transition. So Priscilla, my my wife. Yeah. We're working on a divorce. We're uh -huh. not quite there yet. You have a very good relationship with her. She was very supportive. Amazing woman. Uh, but her and Todd met, and then we all kind of became friends through that whole circle. Um, but there's nothing like uh, sexual between any of us. We are just literally family. Okay. So he just became that masculine figure in our life. He's got a, a child of his own that's like my daughter's age. And he's... Thanksgiving, Christmas, we come, he comes over on weekends. We, well, you know, we go watch like pay-per-views and stuff and we just I love it. We don't, it's so funny. We're like, we don't know what we are. And you still hang out with your still wife. Yeah. She is five minutes away and we, uh, we've gone through our ups and downs. Don't get me wrong, but we're best of friends. She's over almost every day or we go over there and hang out or me will go over there and I'll go hang out. It's really, uh, it's not what we expected ever, but it's pretty damn freaking cool you know what do you think I mean, it's like i'm turning into my podcast i'm loving it no this is this what is do the you best think, first episode i could ever ask for. what do you think <laughs> of um this person named caitlin jenner what are your thoughts on her so i always look specifically, at specifically mm -hmm. she's she, not that i don't want to put people i think people are bigger than boxes or labels always but she still is adamant about being this right wing mm -hmm. conservative person. It's like, yep. 
they don't necessarily have your best interest at heart. Like, and I'm not saying be a, a liberal Democrat either. Maybe be in the middle somewhere. Maybe like be an issues person and not a party person. But that's why fine. I said I sit kind of purple. I'm like right Me in too. the center because it's Me hard too. to get on board with either side. I yes. always find like it's so extreme. Like we've all kind of lost our minds on the extreme sides. But as far as Caitlyn goes, here's what I say. Thank you for paving the way and being that first person. She's not the first ever, obviously, but she's the first very high profile one. Exactly. Yeah. And an athlete like yourself as well. Right, right. And so I'm I'm grateful for her for putting it out there. I don't agree with a lot of things she says uh, and a lot of her very firm standpoints on things. I'm more of a try to find a solution kind of person instead of drawing a line in the sand and saying, okay, get on this side or get on that side. I look at it and go, well, is there a solution that will work for both sides? So that's kind of where her and I don't really vibe. Uh, but here's my thing. I don't know her personally. And I know you should that have her on the podcast. I was thinking that as I said it, <laughs> <laughs> but what I'm, what I'm getting at is like, I don't know her personally. And so I, we, we see what we want to see when the camera's on. Right. And we get to see, you know, her on, well, I think she's on Fox a lot or something like that. So she's a contributor, I believe. I think so. So we see that, that person, and that's one of the reasons why I started this pod, because I wanted people to kind of be able to pull back the veil and start to understand who's on the other side with me. And so like when we think about this and I go, well, everybody knows you, you know, they know Perez. But who like, is the real you? Who's the real you? Because you had a big turnaround like several years ago, you know, you, you had your, your climb, you had your claim to fame and a lot of things kind of like flip flopped on you. And then you had this big come to Jesus moment. Do you mind telling us about that? I'm yeah. curious. I realized you shouldn't necessarily say everything you're thinking. <laughs> and some people don't learn that lesson, like Donald Trump or others. Um, you know, some people are just set in their ways. Sure. But I like growing and improving and being a better and person and doing better. Uh, it all really – and it was a while ago now. And it, it's not like I reinvented the wheel. I just put new rims on it. Oh, you know, I like I'm, I'm still – in the same world, mm -hmm. but I operate differently. So in the fall of 2010, forever ago now, okay. um, there was this rash of gay teenagers and, and college students and young people that were dying by suicide. Okay. And I had never seen anything like that before. No, no, none of us had. Um, and this journalist named Dan Savage created this movement called It Gets Better, okay. which is a very simple concept. Older folks making videos, talking to young people and oh, sharing like their that. stories. So I got a press release about it and I said, I need to make a video. I think I was the first public figure to make an It Gets Better video. And the response that I got to that shook me to my core because I thought in this time of darkness, I'm doing something to, to share light and be positive. But sure. people said, how dare you make an It Gets Better video? You're a hypocrite. You're a bully. You're part of the problem. And that shook me to my core. And mm -hmm. that was the... Um, like Oprah says, that was the brick to the head moment. Okay. Oprah says that God or the universe or your gut, one of those three things, whatever you want to call it, the answers are there. You just have to listen. And if you don't listen, then that little voice will speak louder. And if you're still ignoring it, it'll speak even louder until eventually it'll smack you upside the head with a brick. And that was my brick moment. And it shook me in my core because also I had been wanting to change prior to that. For me, it was directly tied to my physical transformation that began in 2008, because what I found was the healthier I became, the happier I became. And I was even having mm. different thoughts, 
But by 2008, I was already Perez and had been doing things a certain way for over four years. So I was afraid to make a change. I'm like, oh, I've been doing this thing a certain way and people know me for that. I can't all of a sudden, you know, it's like if I'm a country music artist, I can't be a rapper now. Right. So you're, you're, so I was you paralyzed by fear for an additional two years until that brick upside the head moment. Okay. And this is the, the, um, word of warning. Uh, I made that change and most people don't even care, but I don't care that they, they, they don't care because I made the change for me because it was the right thing to do. The moral is really, if you're a young person or an older person, whatever you say on the internet can come back to haunt you and continue to haunt you for your entire life. It's there forever. Yeah, the internet has receipts. That has uh, receipts. As they say. I've never heard that. Oh yeah. Oh my God, I love that. So. You know, you you made this change, and then what's so interesting is I see so many people when they start making changes with their bodies and they start working on the physical, they go through very similar changes like you mentioned, where it's an internal change. They start thinking a little bit differently. Yeah. The way their the way their brain processes every experience they have is a little bit different. Uh, and we mentioned earlier you were about energy, mm-hmm. and so as you had this you know brick to the head moment, as we called it, did you feel your energy shifts? Was there? Oh, it was what? all about energy. I, there was even, um, was it that year? It might have been that year also. I just decided I was going to do one month of not a single cheat and no alcohol. Not, not that I'm a big drinker anyways, but okay. that month extended to five months. Oh, I went five whole months without like any sugar, anything inappropriate, no alcohol, nothing. Just total detox? And I looked so amazing, by the oh way. Oh my God. <laughs> um, is, it, is it right with that picture? Is it really? Uh, look, he looks. That was a little bit after the, afterwards. Oof, I got to um, say, uh, you know. But it was handsome. weird because. <laughs> Even food tasted different. I'm like, wow, this fruit tastes amazing. You notice, like, once the sugars and all that sodium's gone, you start to actually taste the food itself. Yeah. People ask me, they're like, Gabby, why don't you salt your food? You need to season that. I go, well, I actually like the taste of bell peppers. I can taste it now. It's different because I don't have all that crap in my system. So we're in Vegas. Mm-hmm. We're going to alternate. We're going back and Let's forth. Let's do it. Because I have so much for you, too. I'm all about this. So we're in Vegas and... um. You're uploading this soon, and right around the time you're uploading it, uh, there's a WWE event here. There is. Are you going to that? Uh, I'm really not a liberty to see. Oh, okay. Oh, so, there. So, is there something going on? Um, I am also not at liberty okay. to say <laughs> if something is going. I can tell you, I have been back in the ring. I started seen training that. about training. three yes. weeks ago, and I just got back from Florida. I was training with Natalia Neidhart, okay. uh, Tyson Kidd. So, what's drawing you back to the ring? Oh, this is great. So, you know, people will look at it in in the beginning, and they go. Okay, Gabby transitioned because she didn't make it as a guy in wrestling and now she's going to go dominate the women's division. You know, we get this people. That's what I see a lot of on the internet. But what people don't know is, again, this is about pulling back the veil. I didn't even, so fascinating. Yes. No, say it. What? it was, well, no, yeah. The, I, that whole argument of like, oh, you can't compete against other women, blah, blah, blah. Well, would you compete against men? Is that something you, cons- you would consider? So it's important to remember that wrestling is sports entertainment. It's scripted. It is not a competitive <laughs> sport. I, Me personally, I would never compete in a women's division just because I know my bone structure. I know how much muscle mass I have. If it was body. like a, a, a a real sport, you mean? Yeah, if it was a, it was a true competitive sport, gotcha. I wouldn't, for me personally, 
I wouldn't feel comfortable going into a women's division. I support every trans athlete that wants to compete. I think we sometimes need better standards, of course. But I, me personally, I wouldn't do it. But that being said, New York Times did a story on me back in August of last year. The reporter calls me and he goes, hey, Gabby, have you been into an arena since you retired? I said, no, I've actually, I haven't watched a show. I just retired and I never looked back. I never was going to go back. And he goes, I know you fly to New York a lot for business. SmackDown's coming to the garden. And he goes, do you want to go? I'd love to just see your reaction. Well, yeah, that would be fun. So he goes, I'll get us floor seats. So he got us floor seats. And the moment I walked in, doors opened. And I, I, I had different experience. I walked in through like general population with yeah. all the fans. That was different. I'd never done that. And then I walked in on the floor. And we talk about energy, right? The energy just, my heart center just oh. opened and exploded. I was like, oh my God. You could see it on her face. Oh, Britt was there. How yeah. long were you in the rest, the professional wrestling before? 2008 to 2012, so four years. Just four years? Yeah, I, I walked away because my daughter was eight months old and she knew I was leaving. She could tell and she was like, she couldn't quite say daddy yet because she still calls me dad. And I was I was dad back then, but she would say, dad, I don't go. And she would cry and I'd be gone for six days at a time. So. And so those years prior to, to joining wrestling, what were you doing then? Uh, so I had, it's funny, I have a degree in civil engineering, <laughs> believe it or not. Yeah, I worked at the city of Dana Point in Southern California. I was the associate engineer there. And when I got tired of being a, a caged lion, as I called it, I surfed a lot. And I just, I couldn't look through the windows anymore and just be stuck in that 40 hour a week job. I left and I started my own business. Uh, so I started running uh, running permits for the developers on the outside. So I took all my knowledge I learned at the city and I went and helped the developers and I cut their time down um, by like six months. So I saved them millions of dollars in permitting fees and holding costs. So that's what I did before I got so many school. lives. I have, I, I'm honestly, Perez, like, have you written I'm your like, memoir yet? No. Are you working that, on that it? That needs to happen. Or a documentary. Th those all need to happen. I think so. Have you written yours? That's what I want to know. I have. It came out in 2020. You can still get it or listen to it. Me, Is it on me, audiobook now? Yeah, on audiobook. How did I miss that? PerezHiltonBook.com. Okay. Can, I, can, I, I did the narration, which actually, that was harder than even writing the book. I was going to ask. It seems like that would be so time consuming. It wasn't that it was time consuming. Like writing the book was easy, but then like acting it out or reading it and talking about, you know, my dad dying when I was a teenager. Oh. It's like that stayed with me. And actually it helped to grieve because when my dad died in the 90s forever ago, I never really processed that. I was too young. I was in high school. How old were you when you It was between sophomore and junior year of high school. Okay. Um, or between fresh no between freshman and sophomore year of high school. And were your parents still married? Yeah, at the time? they were married. Oh. And you know, my mom. Now that I'm a parent and older, I ha have so much more understanding and compassion for what she went through. Okay, she was just trying to stay alive, you know. But I after your dad passed, yeah, oh. she she developed diabetes. Like oh my god, it, it was such a shock to her system that all of a sudden she became diabetic, <gasps> and she wasn't before. And oh. it wasn't because she was extremely overweight either. She actually lost like sixty pounds. I mean, she was overweight, and then she lost a ton of pounds. But weight. after she lost the weight, she became diabetic. Yeah, because of my oh dad dying. My god. Uh, yeah, but I I I wish I would have gone into therapy, but in in a way, my dad's death and that time afterwards was the formative 
foundation of Perez Hilton because what I did was I drowned myself in pop culture. I cons- the the TV was my therapist and I start and the magazines and the music that anything to escape and not live in my life and not have to think about everything yeah. that happened. So I would stay up till like past midnight every day in high school and my mom wouldn't make wow. me go to sleep because I was getting good grades still. I was an A plus student. Oh my god. Okay, this is getting more impressive by the moment. So But I was an A plus student just cuz I was I mean, I was a hard worker too, but I was all, I, I love that I, uh, I took it upon myself to really reprogram my life in so many ways and, and rewire my brain. When I was young, I was very overweight and unhealthy. And now I've, I've, you know, I, I managed that better. And when I was young, I was also the worst procrastinator. Now I'm the opposite. Like I like to do things as soon as I can. Like if I'm packing. Love speed. Yep. I pack days in advance. I like, I, I, I like to do things and get it. Cause it's like, I view it like my brain and the the weather. I don't want to have clouds. I just want sunny days. Yep. I want yeah. clear when you skies. Have things in that mind, you can't focus. You get anxiety. Yeah. You know, I'm curious. As things have changed for you, so we, we have your dad's passing. Uh, you get you you bury yourself in pop culture mm-hmm. so that you don't have to process that. As we get going, when did you really start processing that? Reading my dad's, reading the memoir. It, it was the book. Yeah. That was, it was the moment that, that you really got to. In my forties. And and actually, it's it's um a continual process of grieving and acceptance and healing. Only now that I'm 45, for the first time ever, do I have photos of my dad up in my house. Oh, you had none before. Mm-mm. Too hard for you to. I just didn't want to be. Rem- I didn't. I didn't want to be reminded. I I, I I I guess too hard. Yeah, I just didn't want to look at him. I didn't want to. Be reminded. I don't know. And but so, now I feel, now it's the opposite. Now it's like I'm so thankful every time I see him there, and I feel so special. The life I've created, and that I take good care of my mother, and that I am who I am because of him. And your mom lives with you, right? When did, did has she always lived with you? Yeah, which is actually a very Latino thing. I grew up with my grandparents living with us also. And that's one of the ways that I'm able to explain to my children. And I did from since they could remember that their family is different. I say, you know what? If you talk to your friends at school, I bet you most of them don't live with their grandparents. But you do because your family is different. You live with your, your dad and your grandma. And, and that's okay. Every family is different and there's no one right way. There's no one way to be a family. And um, yeah. How do, they, I, how do they feel about that? Do they accept that pretty well? Yeah. They know that they were born through surrogacy. They um, know me and what I do professionally, but they know me for me. And I'm a freaking awesome dad. You seem, and so that's I am. I, I work to dive so, into. It goes back to the work ethic. I work so hard at being the best dad. I don't have a nanny. I take my kids to school. I pick them up unless I oh, beg my mom. I love to, that. My mom will never take them to school because she sleeps in late. But Oh, she kind of earned that. Yeah, yeah, her, but know, every once in a while, like, mom, I have this meeting. Can you please pick them up? Okay, she'll do that. She'll take, she'll take one for the team every now and I'm then. I'm the one doing laundry. I'm the one, you know, getting them ready for school, brushing my daughters. My, my middle child can brush your own hair my youngest one still needs help and okay. uh but i love it you know i worked really hard to be a dad it, it wasn't an accident easy, right you know it took it took a lot of planning a lot of 
time, a lot of money. <laughs> let, let me ask you a question. Now, were you in a relationship when you decided to have children? Or no. This was just, it's been oh, single and you wanted to... This, I don't think it'll come across the wrong way. I think both subconsciously and conscientiously, I wanted to be a single father. Okay. Because I never wanted to have to worry about a relationship ending. My kids are always mine and they're never gonna have to go split time between two houses and this and that. So I would love a partner, I would love a husband. I am a great boyfriend and generous and giving and and honest and punctual and reliable and all of those things. All the A-game for yeah. boyfriends. <laughs> um, but they're never gonna adopt my kids and I'm the father and you're like the bonus uncle or whatever Got it. <laughs> I, will, so I take it be i take it really seriously being a, a parent it's the most important job well, we're raising young lives you i know? you know they're and, and this might come across the wrong way too but it's like i love my kids like puppies and i'm training Aww. them like puppies like you know that, no that's spot on yeah like every single day on the drive to school i have them tell us the eight most important tell me uh, together we go over the eight most important things in life like our family mantra oh my gosh what are they Do well i say it in spanish so i might have a hiccup but okay uh, see. number one is family okay. that's the most important thing in life I number two agree. is work very hard okay they have to say very you just can't work hard you have to work very, very hard yeah okay number three is Listen, number four is don't lie. Number five is be healthy. Number six is gratitude. Number seven is have fun. And number eight is breathe. breathe. And just like little simple concepts that like, and if they need a reminder or brushing up on why one of these is important, like what happened this morning as you were getting ready, you were not listening or this or that, you know? So we have like, we have actual Applicable, yes. examples of yeah. how those, apply. I love that you have gratitude in there. Oh yeah. Because gratitude was something I didn't discover until probably mid thirties, like to really live wow. in, in a grateful state. I, um, I fell into the negativity early on in my life. Oh wow! Uh, um, just with the people I hang out with, you know, you you are who you keep around you, right? You're, uh, it was Jim Rohn. He said like you're the cumulative sum of the five people you spend the most time with. And so my friends, uh, they were just they were normal people, nothing wrong with them, but they were negative. They was always focusing on you know this guy cut me off on the way to work, or uh, they come up. Well, and talk some of those people might be your own family. <laughs> they might be. <laughs> Listen, my mother's that person. My mother's that person. That's why. I'm training my kids because I don't want to, you know, keep that going. Into the cycle. Yeah. And like you said, we're so pre-programmed. It's, um, we tend to fall back into like that alpha brainwave state when we're kids. So like we're, it's like eight or not eight. I'm sorry. From birth until about, I think 10 or 12 years old, we're mostly in an alpha brainwave state where we're learning everything. And that becomes, um, the, the programs that our brain repeats over and over again. So I see with a lot of people I work with, when it gets really stressful, just like you said, they will backslide. Yes. And so they'll, they'll die for food because yep. food uh, it helps with emotions. It releases serotonin and dopamine into the system. So we get people backsliding into that, not even understanding why. But gratefulness, it's Ugh. we do that with Mia too. So when Priscilla and I were still living together, we would start every morning with going around the table. We Priscilla and I would have our coffee and Mia would be there sitting with us too, having breakfast. And we just go over the things that we're the, great, the most grateful for as the day starts. So... 
it would be like, what were you grateful for yesterday? And what are you grateful for this morning? And it could be as simple as like, we've got the warm cup of coffee yeah. or whatever it might be, but it changes your whole outlook for the entire Absolutely. day. And especially those days where like, I don't want to go to the gym today, mm-hmm. but how grateful I am that I can go to the gym. Right. How grateful I am that I'm healthy enough to still be able to work out or God, you you don't want to look at my YouTube feed because it, it sends me like I get sent all of the videos of anybody dying. I'm battling oh. cancer and this and that. And it's like today, oh, today's video. Uh, what's her name? Donna Mason. Okay. I've never seen a single video of hers before, but YouTube recommended this video from uh-huh. this woman named Donna Mason. And the video was from her last day alive. Oh. Because she had been battling pancreatic cancer for two years and oh. obviously lives in a state where a, uh, euthanasia or assisted suicide okay. is, is it called euthanasia anymore? I don't even know. I, I don't know what PC term is. I don't yeah. think it matters. We all know uh, what we're talking about. Assisted suicide is legal and she, it was fascinating to watch. You know, she, she, she was very at peace and smiling and happy, but nervous also. And um, yeah, we're going into the unknown at that point. Yeah, it's wild. Was it the uh, was it the pod that they go in where they take the air out and they put nitrogen in? Do no, she explained what it is. She take first she had to take an anti nausea medication and some it's something that she drank. Oh, it was a drinking thing. So she actually had to do it herself. Nobody else could initiate no. that. Oh gosh. So I'm so I'm so oh. grateful and also you know I've been unpacking in this new house and. Looking back, looking back at like I'm a pack rat, so I keep everything. So you just kind of hoarded everything oh, yeah. from it's your like, past and all those things. But I got really emotional looking at, and I didn't linger because I don't have time to like really sit back and look at everything. But I looked at some things like, wow, this essay from high school or this poem that I wrote in oh. college or my journal from when I was traveling across Europe in college and. I wrote then that I wanted to have children, even when I was in so college. You knew. Oh, I always knew. It wasn't you a question of knew. if; it was just a question of when. Did you find anything from your dad that, like, yeah, stuck a like actual with physical possessions of his, uh, which and, and, and photos? So that's why I've been putting up all these photos of my dad. I'm like, those the ones that you have around the house. Yeah, now? I've been like all over the house. I just had the, he's, he's all over the house. I all right, so I have more movie. questions for you. Oh yeah, let's do it. <laughs> all right. I'm very respectful of anybody and their beliefs and how they identify and all of that. But I think it's also, it would be naive not to think you have your own opinions. So I definitely have my own opinions. (laughs) I definitely believe in the concept of transgender, obviously. Uh, When it comes to non-binary. Here we go. I'll respect you, Sam Smith, mm-hmm. but that seems like real privileged, elitist, like intellectual BS to me. Perhaps. <laughs> what do you think on people who, fire for people who are non-binary or identify as that? So I am on, so male, female, transitioning to the binary. That's kind of where I sit, obviously. Like I want to be as female as possible. I recognize I wasn't born a woman. I recognize I have male DNA. I'll always have the bone structure for a man. I get it. Like. You know, I'm not, I'm not here to fool anybody, but my journey is to get to the other binary. That's the goal. A non-binary stance, for me, it doesn't compute in my head. I don't fully grasp the concept of it. I, I try to always have empathy with people no matter who they are. So whether, you know, you're my worst enemy 
or my best friend, I always try to put myself in your shoes and try to understand what's going on. So while I understand the concept of non-binary, I don't fully grasp what it would be like to be in that position. I feel like it. there may be some... I have to step softly uh, on this one. I feel like a lot of times it might be the beginning of more of a transition for somebody oh, where they're not quite sure if they want to flip flop or there might be some confusion about what, where they want to go with it. Um, I'm really fumbling this one. Just, I, here, here's the football. I just dropped it. I, I don't, your, your thoughts I don't have evolving. a, sta- I don't yeah. have a stance. Like, how do I feel? I can tell you this. If you are, if you, if you call yourself non-binary, and you have uh, a full beard and you're wearing makeup and guys clothing and you're flip-flopping one day and go, well, like, I need to go in the girls' restroom, I'm not going to be okay with that. That's something where I'm like, well, now we now we have an issue, you know. But for the average person that's, you know, non-binary, I don't have a problem with it. It just... Yeah. I, I, I just... I, I, like you, don't understand it. Um it's very rare. I'm at a loss for words, and you caught me in a good spot because I, I never really sat. Down you know what else had me at a, lo- at a loss for words? I love the, on the podcast that uh, you know it's not social media, so we can really go there. Yeah, we can do whatever we want here. Um, I still call it Twitter. Oh, so do I. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, on Twitter, I came across a subsect of gay men okay. who still identify as gay men, mm-hmm. but have cut off their penises. Wait, they had the bottom surgery? Yeah. But they identify as gay men? Yes. That I don't understand. I don't understand that either. So that just blows a few. I know. Of my mind. I know. It's just so many questions. Yeah. I know. Brit's like, no, no, and, hang no, on no, a no. second. And they don't want they don't have vaginas either. So wait, they, yeah. wait. Oh, wait, no, no. So they didn't have the they, no, vagina? They, they just, got rid of their penis and it's not a vagina. It's just like a pee hole now. So does that make them unique? Kind of, I'm yeah. Confused. I know confusion. it was fascinating. It's fascinating. Okay, so you, how do we have relations? How do you have sex at that? They point? like their butt played with. Oh, their, their bottoms. Oh, got it. So, so the guy was like, "Yeah, I don't even use my penis. I don't like my penis." But he's he still identifies as a gay as man. a gay man because he likes to be with men. And, oh, and, interesting. In, in the butt. That was fascinating. That's. That is very. We're all learning. We're forty-five. Oh. We still learn. Well, you know, everybody's got their thing. You know, so on that kind of weird, kind of down the rabbit hole note, a lot of people go. Uh, they'll be like, Gabby, you didn't have to transit. You don't have to go. You know, do all these surgeries. Just come out and say you're gay. And I, I'm like, but I'm, I'm not. And then I go, well, wait, am I? Did I think wait, about so that's that? That's interesting. Do you? Are you attracted to women still? Not as much. So it's... But that's probably the hormones or... I Well, I had a very interesting moment where when I was a couple months on hormones, I was still going to the gym and I was wearing this horrendous $15 Amazon wig at the time, <laughs> like full face of makeup. And I was still like 235, 240 pounds of muscle, you know, and I'm up there on the Stairmaster and I was still happily, you know, married to the wifey, still attracted to the wifey. And then this guy walks by and he was obviously gay. And in context for now, not somebody I'd be attracted to. I've, I've got a type. And he was not it. And uh, he walked by. He looks at me. And I looked at him. And we looked away really quick. <laughs> and my heart dropped to my stomach. And I'm like, what just happened? And, like, it shook me at my core, Prez. I'm like, do I, what was, it's like when you're 10 and you see the the person you like. And you're like, oh, there's the there's the girl that I like. Or for, like, you know, for you, there's the boy that I like. But 
it shook me so hard. Priscilla and I talked about everything during our transition. I didn't talk to her for about a week or two about this. I was so rocked. I'm like, what's happening? So I, I talked to her about it. And she goes, do you think you're attracted to men now? I don't know. And she goes, why don't you go explore that? I'm like, oh, okay. While you're, oh, wow. So I did. But there, there was no attraction before that. I, I think at every point in like every man's life. So is that, that's why, sorry. No, no, go ahead. That's why you and your wife released decided to you know live apart and separate because you weren't sexually attracted to her anymore um no our marriage was over before the oh, the transition yeah okay. most this is something that we don't talk about a lot well we talk about it now but we didn't before because it's closed doors you know sure both our both our parents were still married when i transitioned so we you know they got 50 plus years of marriage in each family and we were raised in that very nuclear family her parents uh, her dad was a preacher in a non-denominational christian church preacher's wife was mama and so everything revolved around the church and so you know talk about core programming it was like we don't get divorced so were your parents religious um kind of we went to church you know we did the church thing but and how dad, were, were they accepting of you when you decided to transition very yeah oh. very my dad's a, he's an alpha male for sure like he's a man's man but they had no clue. And when I told them, they were just like, how do we not see it? We're so sorry. How do we support you? They were fantastic. Uh, but Priscilla moved out because our marriage was just, it was over. It was done. And I think the transition wasn't the nail in the coffin. It was just more of a catalyst for us to be able to separate peacefully at first. <laughs> and prior to transitioning, was there anybody... I mean, maybe it was Caitlyn Jenner, but like any YouTubers or social media people or anybody that you saw that like inspired you like oh that maybe lit that light bulb like what was the light bulb moment for you of like that's me when i thought i could actually transition yeah uh so janae marie crock she was a former uh, i think she was a world champion powerlifter and she decided to transition and there was a uh a documentary on netflix it was called transformer and i remember it was summer of COVID, and this is when i wasn't sure i wanted to transition yet and I watched it by myself. It was it was long. It's like an hour and 45, two hours long. And it was all about her transition. And she transitioned from this giant, massive bodybuilder. Uh, and she, she did facial feminization surgery. She did vocal surgery. She was never able to grow her hair back uh, because she had done too many anabolics, uh, which happens. You know, I did a ton of anabolics. My hair is thin on top. I'll, I'm not afraid to say it. It, it happens. But, I had three hair transplants. Yeah, well, my third one's <laughs> coming up soon. I've had two already. I've <laughs> had three. She and then it keeps falling out. <laughs> but I know what is going on, Brez. I'm like, I'm dry. I thought it was going to be permanent, but it's not. I know, we've, it's got still... my, we've got my stylist over here, Mickey, and I'm just like, Mickey, fix my hair. He's like, I'm trying. <laughs> wait, wait. <laughs> no, I want I, I to backtrack for a second. That that documentary, pe- making yes. note, because I like to ask the questions. I'm, I'm in the I'm last. Fine with it. No, I love it. I love it. In I'll the switch. last in the last twelve months, mm-hmm. have you had sexual relations with anyone? Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Ooh, with more than one person. Not in the last twelve months. No, just one person in the last twelve months. Yes. Multiple times with that one person. Yes. <laughs> when oh, my toes are curled. When was the last time? How 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 recently? Oh, when was the last time he was over? Oh. Right? Was it like four months ago? Five. Yeah. Months? Oh, that's been a while. Why was it? Why is it, it's kind of oh, over? So okay, so it's, it's like, like a friend with benefit kind of thing. So uh, yeah, oh, Septemberish. It was. Oh. <laughs> 
Brit knows. Sorry. Is it somebody you met through social media that slid into your DMs? No. No. I met him you, on Tinder. You probably have a lot of guys sliding into your DMs, right? They, I do, but it's they email not, us for business like, too. I've never been sent so many D pics. I'm like, I'm just like, oh, I'm like, hey baby, you want some of this? I'm like, honey, I'm like, I'm working with something a little more than that myself. So it's like, just you got to have but, a better move than that. So uh, this gentleman that um, you met I on, found Tinder. on Tinder is a very handsome, dark-skinned gentleman. Um, he's only five ten, so okay. he's shorter than me. I'm six two. But God is built like a great God. He's like bodybuilder, like, you know. And so the first time we decided to kind of go for it, he had been chasing me for like months. And I was just I'm like, I'm not really feeling it. Because like, I'm just, you know, you go a while without getting it. And then it's like you get scared. You're like, <laughs> I've gone without it for far too long. Okay. Well, how long? Over a decade. For- no. Whoa. Hold the back. The hatred. Since 2013. Oh. <gasps> Okay, is it? I'm gonna sidebar. We'll go back to my boy toy in a second, but I got a net. Was this on purpose? No. Most gay men hate me, so that makes dating and hooking up hard. It's okay though. I masturbate daily. Oh well, good. Okay, at least you. So I'm taking care of that. (laughs) Um, Well, I can tell you the hormones for me. I don't have a drive. Like if I solo session once every two weeks, it's a it's a good two weeks. Wow. Yeah, it's it's like. And that's kind of what happened with this guy. Like he's, he wanted it a lot. Um, no, like we understood it was a friends with benefits thing. And um, I was like, be gentle. He was gentle. And the first time he came over, it was like three hours and six condoms later. Gentle. I'm like, mama needs a break. I'm done. <laughs> oh my God. Oh yeah. Wait, wait, wait. So you'd gone your whole life. Wait, no. When you were married to your wife, mm-hmm. did you engage in any anal play with her? I did. Yes. With her on you. Yes. Yeah. So yeah. you've been ex- you've been you've been you've it wasn't like your first you've been to the, uh, the back door. Okay. Yeah. It was my request, but what's interesting is that that was I love this podcast. That was like the gateway to like <gasps> me being kind of free to wow. do what I want to do. And so I know people are going to eat this up. They're like, "Okay, wait, so you got it up the butt and now you want to transition." I'm like, "No, it's not as simple as that. It just can I think it jogs some things from my childhood or I don't fucking know why." But that being said, and when you yeah. decided to transition, did you talk to a therapist? For no, <laughs> no, no, I didn't talk to a therapist. What about getting on hormones? You don't. Ha- that's, there's no, no process. No, no. And so that was what you can just get me. hormones without being in therapy. Yeah, you sure can. So <gasps> it's crazy. I had made the decision, and the way I looked at it, I'm 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 42 years old. And this is gonna sound funny. I go. I mean, I guess no, it's not I know crazy. I, am, yeah. I know what I need to do to to live because it was live or die for me. And I mean, some people are gonna look at this and go, "Oh, well, you're absolutely nuts, Gabby." But I knew I'm. I, if I don't do this, I don't want to be alive. Wow. Which that in itself says there's something, there's a screw loose up here, of course. We, we get that. But when I started researching the process, I thought I'd have to go see a therapist. I called the clinic um, in Austin and I said, I want to get on hormones. They go, okay, come in. Here's your visit. It was like 30 days later. I walk in. They go, okay, so um, you, you're wanting to transition? Yeah, I do. So do you feel like you were, you know, you're meant to be a female? Yep, I do. Okay, here's your hormones. <laughs> I was like, that was 60 seconds and I got hormones. Wow. Yeah, I think there's something missing there. what do you think about we're gonna have that discussion we can let's make it abbreviated it. let's do it i uh, you know like if my 11 year old son says i'm 
your son, but I'm not. I'm a, I'm I'm a girl. Okay. I'm like okay, uh, but I'm not going to let him get on hormones till he's out out of my house. Same. Yeah. Okay. I've actually. I'll let you identify as a woman and I'll support you as a girl and all of that, but you're not getting on hormones in my house. Same way. So, okay. um, Mia is 12, and if I've thought about this many times, if she were to come to me, because I believe that exposure has a lot to do with the decisions that we make. Mm. And so when I was young and when you were young, since we're from the exact same era, we didn't have the exposure no. of the transgender community that we have now. Or even who was the, who was transgender in the eighties? Nobody that anybody knew. Nobody. It was yeah. very, very quiet and kept secret. Uh, but now there's exposure. And so here I am in front of my daughter transitioning and she sees the whole process. She understands it. I have to talk to her about it. So she understands so it's always in my head, like, well, what if she feels like she needs to do this? And I'm right there with you. It would be, you're going to have to wait until you're 18. You are welcome to present any way yes, you want. absolutely. But I want you to be a legal adult, and I want you to go through puberty. Yeah. And I want you to let those hormones settle. Because going through a second puberty right now with me being in my 40s, I, I didn't know which way was up when I started <laughs> on hormones. And I can't imagine a 12-year-old. Going through their own puberty and then having cross-sex hormones tossed in there, that's just got to be crazy in all different ways. Why do you think so many conservatives are obsessed with trans issues? I think it's fear. Fear? I, I feel like... Fear that they might be trans or... Well, when... Or, <laughs> fear. Okay. Well, fear that they don't know people in, that are trans? People make decisions based on one of two things. It's out of love or it's out of fear. And when we see conservatives being a super obsessed with the trans community, I see it. So we're talking I have about my theory as to what, Oh, I can't wait for this, but you look on Twitter, you know, or X, whatever we call it now, Twitter's a cesspool of hate for me. So if I, if like Fox news just posted something on me, I did a, a really, really nice interview with, uh, with the, the reporter's name was Hannah while I was in Florida and they just posted it last night. Just hundreds of hate comments on there. I'm all, okay. But I look at that and I go, well, let's look at some data. And when you look at the uh, the most downloaded categories of porn, Pornhub did their 2023 review. The trans category was in the top 10 mm -hmm. in the world. I think it was number seven. So that speaks volumes about what's happening behind the scenes. And Texas, Texas had one of the highest download percentages of trans porn in the entire United States which is where I live, one of the most conservative states in the nation. So we look at these little samples of data and I go, well, isn't this interesting? There's <laughs> there's hundreds of people hating and we know the percentages. Well, okay, we know exactly how many you got this stuff in your <laughs> browser history. <laughs> I think a lot of conservatives, especially in the media, mm -hmm. are obsessed with trans issues because, well, actually this is changing too, but it, for a while it was not acceptable to hate on gay people. So oh, yeah. they just moved on because it's still acceptable to hate on trans people. Absolutely. You can't hate on gay people, but you can hate on trans people. That's fine. Yeah, go now ahead. Now they're going back to hating on gay people too. Oh, is that what we're doing? Oh, oh yeah. now? <laughs> now they're, they're what, one of the conservative talking points. This is actually, it's, I don't want to get too heated. The conservatives are, are making it their mission now to try to get it banned nationwide that gay couples can no longer adopt can no longer adopt? or even have surrogacy <gasps> neither of them oh i was not aware of this yep i know florida's we keep going a backwards oh my god well yeah like florida is spearheading a lot of the anti-trans movements as well but again i think there's fear where we they always pick children and i see this thing like stay away from our kids 
And I go, I have my own daughter. I have, I have zero interest in your kids. Like this hurts. And going, and here's something interesting too. Going from, you know, your average white male, which is who I was. And well, you were not an average <laughs> white male. <laughs> 280 pound dreadlocked cross between Ragnar Lothbrook and the mountain game of Thrones. Um, random comment I would have I would totally be in my own type I can hear them laughing out there <laughs> outside the studio they're cracking up um, but like oh god I don't, where was I going with this what were we talking about because I lost my train Florida of I got caught on my old self I'm like I'd date a guy that looked like me <laughs> but um, yeah so I think what happens is we, we see fear and we see uh, you know people focusing on like stay away from my kids and I'm just like we are really focusing on the wrong things. I don't see transgender humans being predators. There is always a small percentage of every group, no matter who we are, that's going to be extremists. And oh yeah, transgender humans were one percent of the entire population. Um, but oh, I know where I was going with the whole me being the old Gabe thing, where I was like, I'm, a, I'm an average white male. Uh, it's so shocking to go from never being discriminated against my whole life. I've, I've experienced it with my friends in WWE who were black. Like I traveled with them and sometimes I got pulled over on the road for no reason. I remember one of the guys saying, just don't move, just stay still. It's like, I'm like, what's going on? Like we didn't do anything wrong. And I, I got to experience that with him. But to go from your, you know, your average white male to somebody who's transgender and just eating hate everywhere I go and seeing this just tossed at me. I'm like, do you have this people confront, say things to you out in the world? So not, um, I have, yeah, it's not common. It's not common. I had two very distinct incidences when I was early in my transition and one of them stuck with me. It still sticks with me to this day because it, it stung so bad. I had just kind of ventured out on my own. Priscilla was my crutch. So she would be kind of the lead when we go out in public and she would be my comfort blanket and I would lean on her and she'd kind of make the way for me. And this was pandemic time. So I was able to wear a mask. And so I felt like it would hide my jawline and stuff. And I call it my bubble of disillusionment where <laughs> I'd see things I like. I'm like, oh, my eyes look kind of feminine. and I can, I can focus on that today. And I'm like, okay, nobody's going to know. I'm like, and I look back. I'm all, yeah. I was, <laughs> I was Delulu at that point. But... Um, when I ventured out on my own, I went to the mall to go get a jacket. It was getting cold. And I walk in and they have those kiosks there. And there's a guy handing out cologne. And I'm presenting full female. And I just hear, sir, 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 sir. And I, it was so loud, I just kind of like turn around and goes, do you want a sample of cologne? And he sticks this out. And I look, I'm like, no, no, thank you. And I turned around and froze. And it was this huge moment of panic where my little bubble of disillusionment was popped and I realized oh shit if he knows everybody knows and he knew that I was trying to present a certain way and he purposely went out there to say this and to make me feel a certain way I, I've been called a man in public I, I went out on uh, I think it was Labor Day or some it was a big party day down in Domain it's a it's a spot in Austin where all like the college kids go and it was my fault I went out and you know that weekend and somebody's like oh look it's a man you know just from across the way I'm like oh god that hurts you know or you just feel you feel people are a little cold to you for reasons where you're like yeah I know why but on the me. flip side I'm sure you daily have people coming up to you saying I love watching your journey I love watching always. you always the negative stuff that I've experienced is about this um, I believe that wherever you focus 
your energy will go. So I focus on everything positive, or I try to, as much as humanly possible. And I've spent my entire transition with my blinders on and not looking at the hate and focusing only on the positive comments and the positive people and the encouragement. So let's hypothesize and um, let's say you are back on WWE. Oh, yeah. Okay. And you get that wish. Mm, what a wish. The fans be. might be douchebags. They might. How would you how would that make you feel? How would you handle that? Cuz actually, I don't know if you're aware, there's some major drama in the WWE right now with regards to what? The Rock is back. Yes. And I I, I don't even follow WWE. I like You'll it. I'll actually I, be, I've be been here to, this uh this, so today yeah. is Today's Tuesday. He'll be here Your episode goes live Friday, and Rock will be here Thursday. So Interesting coincidence. A lot of people are upset because they're like, Cody should have gotten the title. You're taking Mm -hmm. his title. I'm like, y'all, it's fucking fake. They're booing Rocky. Anything can happen at any time. That that wasn't Cody's to take, you know? Right, exactly. It's like a soap opera. Whoops, surprise. Well, that's what I always say. uh, (laughs) It's not my saying. It's one of my friends, Trent Beretta. He's in AEW right now. But he always said, we're grown men, play fighting in underwear and boots. And that's, (laughs) I mean, it's about as spot on as it gets. But, you know, one of my friends was on The Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. And she, even though I told her ahead of time, People on social media, not even might, they're going to be brutal. Oh, yeah. And she wasn't prepared. Do you think maybe now like that you've had exposure in Fox News and you've been very public for a few years that will... If you were to be back in WWE, you'd be prepared for the next oh, level kind yeah, of. totally. Because uh, like I said, it's about having those blinders on. But also when you think about it too, as you know, you're trying to get a message out or WWE or being in wrestling in general, no matter where I land, whether it's WWE or AEW or wherever I might go, mm-hmm. can't say, um, it's about people talking about you. Yeah. And it's not necessarily, no matter where you are, it's like you've experienced it. The entire world, they're not going to love you. No. There's nothing you can do. There's no amount of penance you can pay. Yep. There's nothing you could put out there that's going to make the entire world love you. Not even 90% of the world. Look but, at Taylor Swift. So many people hate her. And she's freaking Taylor Swift. She's amazing. Hey, Tay. I love that human. I've never met her, but I want to. And when I if, do, I'm going to give her a big hug. If you were to do, like, let's say whatever, one of the other ones, AWE or whatever. AEW. AEW, yeah. right. Mm-hmm. Would you be able to wrestle under your name or do you have to take a, a new stage name? There's a, there's a process of negotiation when you sign a contract. Okay. Um, and over in AEW, I hear a lot of actual real names. So uh, interesting for people. I know. would say if you could, do, do you, you know, you've built this, I would, na- this well, brand. I trademarked my name. Yeah. The, the, the name Gabby is my, I own that trademark. So I would say as from a business decision, yeah. that's probably the smartest thing. Yep, could yep. Do. But as far as, you know, like we were talking about comments and social media and people eating me alive, because they're gonna, you know, yeah. they're gonna go, there is a transgender woman, or they're gonna just be like, that's a man in there, <clears throat> that's a man with the with the girls, and they're gonna hate me. Or the community's gonna love me, our community's gonna love me for getting in there, or what if I get in there with a guy? Some are gonna love, some are gonna hate. And it's gonna gonna put a line right down the center and they're gonna talk about me. And when it's entertainment, you want people talking yep. about you, whether it's good or bad. And so we'll get the good, we'll get the bad, but my name will you be take in all their mouths. You've got the facts of life. <laughs> <laughs> this is why I love you. <laughs> I, you know, speaking of the facts of life, because it threw me back to childhood and it made me think about, you know, you being a dad now, going through the surrogacy. Um, 
do you feel like having your kids and, and, and raising them and being this amazing father that you are, has it changed your outlook on how you do business in any way? Oh, yeah. I mean, everything from saying no to certain opportunities because I don't want to be gone from my kids for too long Ooh. to things I don't do on my website anymore. Like I have a no kids policy, meaning I won't post paparazzi photos of celebrity children. Oh, I love that. I'll only post Good. photos if the celebs share it on their social media, which a lot of them do. Okay. Or if they're at a red carpet event or some event where it's understood that they're going to be photographed. Okay. But yeah, it's awful to see, you know, these kids going to the playground and the paparazzi taking their photo there or leaving school and going to a school walk with their dad or mom. Like, I think that's all. Awful. Yeah, now having kids of your own, you can just really, I feel like there's so much more empathy. Like having Mia changed my whole life. It changed the way I act. It changed, you know, especially when I was a guy. I was very hot headed, you know, especially with all the testosterone in my system, all the anabolics I was using. <laughs> but when you have a kid, suddenly it changes. You think twice before you walk up to somebody and you're like, hey, motherfucker, you know, get away from, you know. It's not all roses and sunshine, though. It also changed me for the worse, too. Oh, do tell. I blissfully went 33 plus years of my life without anxiety. <laughs> then when I had children, like I now have like anxiety. I, I don't have it. It's it's like a, it's like the waves. It's, it comes and goes, and sometimes sure. it's like real tranquil waters. But that inability to like just control my mind i never had that before kids and then it's like what's going on it's like well you have three yeah i have one <laughs> and i've always looked at like parents that have more than one child and i go how do you do it because i would have had more if i could afford it but i couldn't <laughs> <laughs> i wanted four you had more i kids. wanted four but i'm blessed with three every okay. child really is a miracle okay so wait ages again for your kids i already my forgot. son turns 11 next week okay so 10 now, 11 next week, and then eight and six. And so if you could have had it in a perfect world, how what would be the spread on the, the next Another, so the youngest would be four now, yeah. Okay, God, that's incredible. I, I I was raised in a household of two, so it was me and my me brother. Me as well, but I think that's why I wanted to have three or four. You wanted Because I only had my sister, and we were kind of far apart in age. I was six years and change older than her, so we were never oh, really close growing up. That's a big up. gap. My yeah. brother and I were five. We got to be closer when we were older, so as he got to be in his late teens. Well, my sister works with me now. We have a great working relationship. She's Barbara. She oh, helped, that's right. She helps set this up. She's wonderful. Yeah. Oh, my I God. I can trust her. She She's a really hard worker. We've got that Cuban work ethic. I love that. Um, but... What yeah. about is what are the favorite things that you do with your kids? You know, talking about love, you being a dad. I'd love to know like what are the things that you enjoy most with your children? Being active and doing things. And that's why I moved to Vegas. Well, my kids are the number one reason I moved to Vegas. I did twenty years in LA. It was okay. a long ass time. And you lived in Southern California, you know what that's like. Oh yeah. The main reason I moved is because I was so fed up and over the traffic. I could not deal with it anymore. You can't go a mile like, without hitting traffic anywhere down. Vegas has traffic, but so much less than Los Angeles. And it's a smaller city. So even with the amount of traffic there is here, it's still so much quicker to get anywhere. Okay. So I have so much more time and, and I'm more inclined to say yes and do things. Like if I got invited to, like here, I've taken my kids to 
the rodeo, the uh, stamp, uh, different like a uh, horse jumping show. Oh. One was one was bull riding, one was horse jumping, things like that. Those where, are fun. Yeah, I would have never gone to them in L.A. because I would have had to drive really far into the valley or wherever to go. Yep. But here, I can get there in twenty minutes, fifteen minutes. hours in L.A. <laughs> Let's do that. So uh, that was the main reason. And then there's actually, I truly believe there's more to do in Vegas than in Los Angeles. I could see that. I mean, it is. I mean, to not, not to put that term in there when we're talking about our kids, no, but, but I'm just like, yeah, no, no, I gave there's, examples. There's a million things I, I to do here. To those that are the, the, the bull riding, the horse jumping show, uh, uh, magic shows. Like I love being active and doing things like to me, the ideal weekend is that maybe going out to dinner somewhere and not staying at home. And not, I, yeah, I like to get out cause I get cooped up. I work at home too. So Although, like, you know, I'm not the most nature person, but that's why if I met like, a, a great guy. I, I'm I'm nature disposed. I'm disposed to it. I'm I'm I'm, inclined, I'm nature curious. Okay. I took my kids on a hike. And it, they just scare me because like I I don't have a good sense of direction out in Mother Nature. I couldn't. I don't go hiking. No, no, no. That's hiking and Gabby do not mix. <laughs> Especially in Texas, we got weird snakes. And oh, so first first month I moved into my house in Texas, there is a giant tarantula just doing laps down my street. So how long the, have you been in Texas for? Uh, January 2020. We moved. Yeah, there, oh. so. you were in a new build area too. I don't you care. I don't nature. care if it was new or 100 years old. If there is a tarantula <laughs> doing laps down your block. You know that says something about the area. A new build or not, it's like, okay. Before get, Texas, you were in California. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And what, why did you want to move to Texas, to Austin? Priscilla and I felt like we needed a fresh start. You know, remember I said our, our marriage was getting rocky. Yeah. So we needed a fresh start. And the cost of living in Texas compared to California, it's like night and day. My, yeah. You know, you know what it's like to own a business in California, yeah. double tax. And I'm just like, you know what? There's no state tax in Texas. I'm going there. The, the house that we moved into... Uh, we had a friend who's a real estate agent and she lived about six houses down. She goes, Hey, there's a house for sale. It's brand new. I know you like Austin because we've been there once before. Do you want to look at it? And so she sent us photos. We looked at it. We go, okay, where do we, where, where would he sign? You didn't even go see it in no, person. We, we didn't step foot and we saw photos. We signed on the dotted line wow. closed and then we were, we were out uh, a week after we closed. And are you happy in Austin? Love it. Absolutely love it. There's tons to do. Uh, Southern hospitality is real. I'd, I'd love it. My my neighborhood is so conservative, which is so interesting because you'd think with everything I went through, people would hate I thought Austin was very liberal. Oh, so I live in Northwest Austin. Okay. So I'm outside the city. Oh, Yeah, right. I'm 35 minutes outside of Austin. So the farther you go, the more conservative yeah, it gets. Yeah, but everybody's yeah. been so, so nice. So, like my, my neighbor's a warrant officer and he's the one who actually taught me how to shoot. Which and he's super cool. He's a great guy, and he's still. I do like. Like I went um, for the first time to Tennessee recently. Okay, and I'm like, wow, this is where's the Tennessee. diversity? There's oh, no yeah. diversity here. <laughs> At least in Texas, there's diversity. In yes, Austin, there there's is. diversity. Absolutely, yeah. Tennessee, not so much. No, <laughs> I want to. I want to leave back because you know you, you mentioned. Um, <laughs> it popped in my mind. You said something, and it thought made me think about uh, dating. You were asking me questions earlier, but I'm so curious. Are you actively searching for somebody? No, because I don't want to do the apps. They what? suck. I did them in New York. So yeah. the last time I had SEX was when I was living in New York City. And those three this years- This a decade ago. Yeah, it okay. was, I was there. Um, actually, I was mistaken with the math. Last time was 2016. 
Okay. So it was close. So we had something pop. Eight then. years. Eight well, years. I, when I was in New York, I lived. In, I, I moved back to New York. Um, I went to college. I'm from Miami originally. Went to school in New York City, and I just love New York. I oh, I, I adore love, it. I love it. So after my son was born, I was like, this is kind of like my last chance to like spend time in New York because. Okay. My mom hates it. <laughs> Does she? She hates New York. She hates it. too busy it. for her? She doesn't like the subway. She hates the winter. Doesn't like the, when it's cold. It's cold she stayed in the apartment the whole time during winter because she was afraid that she'd slip on the sidewalks. Blah, okay. Blah. So a little she's, much she's for Cuban, her. She's Cuban, you know? She's, it, <laughs> she's Cuban. And she's the complainer and the negative. Anyways. So um, I was like, I love New York. I have the ability to go back there for an extended period. I thought it was just going to be six months in New York. It uh-huh. ended up being almost three years. Oh, my God. Yeah. And it was a magical. Were you living in three Midtown? Years. Yes. Okay. Midtown. Yes. Yes. Yeah. That's yeah, my town. Yeah. Because <laughs> I, I could walk to the theaters, and I loved going to see Broadway shows. Okay. And, uh, it's confession. I, I've never well, seen a Broadway show. <gasps> I love them. Take but me. I love I love Vegas for a lot of the same reasons. Like New York has such a strong sense of community, mm-hmm. and so does Vegas. Like, does it? Oh yeah. Okay. The locals. They're there for you. They li- they're there for each other. They lift you up. Like that expression, Vegas strong. It's true. It's real. It's a real thing. I love the people of Las Vegas. So mm-hmm. I feel so honored to be amongst them now. Oh, I love that. Uh, but yeah, when I was in New York from 2013 through 2016, I was on all the apps. And I would like power date. Oh. Go on three dates in one night. Oh my, how do you do, I can't, I can't do one in one night. Because I would go to my one spot where I would do two dates there, the first and the last. So I'd meet oh, for coffee. I'd do the, a, an hour each, right? Okay. So let's meet up for coffee at this one place down the street from me. <laughs> and I like doing coffee for the first date because it's more just like getting to know you. Yeah, really you can talk. Like, like, are you weird? Do we have like any- is Do we vibe? Is, yeah, can we- have a conversation right and if that goes well then I'll set up a second date for like dinner and okay. drinks and yada 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 and then I'll go to the second date and it was a different place walking distance okay it's like and a couple blocks yeah okay. and then I go back to the first place for date number three <laughs> wait uh, were they avenue blocks or were they yeah, <laughs> it was a long one away so it wasn't that long we're gonna get caught um, <laughs> and I was also on the naughtier apps too like oh, Grindr yeah. Grinder is a shit show for Well, I haven't used it in forever, but back then I would. And uh, I have some stories. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, and now it's just like now I have three kids and it's a full time job being on those apps. I, I get so discouraged because I will spend hours trying to make a connection with somebody and then it just doesn't work. And you're like, I just spent three days and six hours of my time texting you and it's not working. Why am I, I doing keep this? hoping and trying to make something in the real world happened. Like I I shot my shot last year with an acquaintance, um, which I would never do, but I was like, I was like, we should oh. go out on a date, like a romantic date. And I kind of said that kind of like just putting it out there. Yeah, like, but wearing like your heart a on your playful sleeve. way. Okay. Yeah. And he's like, no, we're just friends. I'm like, oh. okay, okay. It's all good. It's all good. It's all good. I'm gonna go cry in the corner right now. But I tried, you know, I'm trying. I I do like that about gay men. It's like you can say or you can even have sex with a friend and then still just be friends, you know? Wait, is that how it works? Oh, yeah. With gay men? Oh, whoa, yeah. Whoa, whoa, Open this door for me. Hang yeah, on a second. You didn't know this? I don't know. Oh, yeah. I'm in, I'm in the quote-unquote community, but I don't know shit about gay, gay men. Gay men. So. I mean, it's one of the reasons why a lot of gay men that have been in long-term, that are in long-term relationships are able to be open 
Uh, whereas heterosexuals okay. can't or that I've bumped into where I have I've got friends where they have uh, they're they're married and they have open relationships which I'm fine with like if I were to get married again I think I'd probably go that route but, but yeah I've had, uh, not anymore but when I was younger like things would fizzle out or whatever and then you'd still be friends with them or like my first boyfriend ever I'm still friends with him well from from, from college oh my god yeah. I texted him yesterday because I was I found an old photo I'll show you I found an bring old it photo bring it up I want to see this while I was unpacking so while you're doing that uh, Priscilla and I are friends with my my first girlfriend too. <laughs> oh, <laughs> she worked at uh, at a steakhouse in uh, California, not near where we were, and we walked in there one night, and there she was. Oh, wait, I got a see cute this. photo. <gasps> oh, I was my eighteen God, years old. You're so nineteen ninety six. Oh my God, and handsome. Look at you. <gasps> oh, I'm so happy that you have that still. That's amazing. Yeah, and I we got to get that. Him. Send that to me so we can flash that on the. Sure. Is that okay? Is he all right yeah. with that? Oh yeah. Before we go, send that to well, me. He doesn't have any social media. <laughs> oh, so he's just a, he's a, <laughs> so he won't. Who doesn't have social? I know. Media? I don't know why, but I kind of love that. That 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 is the man I'm trying to manifest. Not him, because a man without such. Now media. that I think, now that I know, I was like, we. I'm I'm amazed that we lasted as long as we did because he's a gay guy who doesn't like sucking dick or making out. Whoa, whoa! Okay, I know. Hang on. How does this I, even work? I know. <laughs> Vicky's over here dying. I know. Um, I love both of those things. Uh, ditto. <laughs> so, uh, but we're still friends, and um, yeah. Oh my god, that's mind blowing. My dream man has no social media. So they do exist. They're like I, unicorns. They're not too many of them. I, oh God, that. Well, I feel like I'm searching for a damn unicorn. I am. They're searching for a unicorn as well. I want somebody. I want somebody who doesn't have social media, who's good at fixing things. Likes to suck a little D. Uh, a lot of D. <laughs> a lot. Yes. So you, we were talking about Todd somebody earlier. Who can drive an RV. Oh, I see that. In do my you future. see yourself going around like traveling in an RV? Fun, yeah. Oh, I would love to. But do I that. can't drive an RV. I, I would, I would, I would crash that shit. So confession that I would only give to Perez Hilton. Um, oh. We were talking about Todd earlier. You know the the man, yeah, the yeah, figure. He's the bar I set for every man oh. that I look at right now. And even though you know there's nothing between Todd and I, and I don't think there ever will be. We're just family. He has virtually no social media at all. He's like a ghost. They you, exist. You can't find they him. Exist. I they want, do we need exist. that. Yes. They do exist. But when I get on these damn dating apps and I look at these guys, I'm like, you're not Todd. You're not Todd. You're not Todd. Aww. You're not Todd. And it, yeah. I, he wouldn't approve of you. He I wouldn't approve of you. Man <laughs> right now or at all. Like, you know, I'm fully engrossed in my children's life. Obviously, they're still very young. And then when I'm older, like, I'm excited. I'm so excited for my 50s. Like, I was going to ask you about that because we are quickly approaching. I that. know. Like, what is, what do you feel is going to be the big thing in your 50s that's going to. I'm going to be mayor of Las Vegas. I love this. <laughs> is, this a, is this an official <laughs> announcement? What's it. happening here? Um, I, I could mean, see that. Or. Or something completely different. I don't know. That'd be fun. Because honestly, the mayor of Las Vegas is a joke to job. Oh my God. <laughs> no, meaning I've learned a lot. Cut some ribbons and shake no, some babies, well, kiss some hands. <laughs> the strip isn't even in the city of Las Vegas. It's Wait, part what? of Clark County, Nevada. 
Nevada. They say it differently. Oh, wait, you don't Nevada. say Nevada? I, no, you don't say Nevada. It's Nevada. Oh, but we uh, ran out of town. <laughs> there's like a little part of the strip that is on that is in the city of Las Vegas, but most of it is part of Clark County. So the county commissioners uh-huh. have all of the power. Oh. And the mayor of Vegas is, is more of just like a ceremonial thing. Oh. You can't really make impactful changes or decisions or anything like that. Well, you'd be great at ceremonies. I know. Oh I'll God. show up at the opening of this and <laughs> I'll, I'll talk to Anderson Cooper and not make a fool of myself. There we go. Yeah, I love that. <laughs> the mayor of Vegas notoriously made a fool of herself during COVID Wait. when she was on Anderson Cooper saying, I'll have the people of Vegas be test guinea pigs and I want to open everything back up and yada, yada, yada. Oh dear. It was a very notorious Didn't appearance. age well. Didn't did age not. well. No, not well, actually. It sort of did it now. I don't know. I, um, when, I don't even want to talk about it, but like, what did we fucking learn? What did we learn from COVID? Did we learn anything? What did we learn? Here's what I learned is that I can work from home and be happy. And That's we don't one. have to go into the, the workplace. We can uh, rekindle our relationships at home. We can work out at home. We can still find ways to be happy if we can't go outside. But I also learned how important human connection is because without it, I feel like we wither away. I learned that if... Well, not if, when Mm -hmm. there is another pandemic and there will be before I, hopefully I'll live to be a hundred or so or long. I'm planning on it. Yeah. Yeah. There will be another pandemic. My heart hangs in there. Come on. Yeah. And um, (laughs) when there is another one, you better live wherever there are like-minded people or you're going to be unhappy. (laughs) Oh, oh my God. So true. (laughs) You know, I'm, I'm okay being alone. I, that's something I learned too when, um, you know, through the pandemic, as much as we try to stay in touch with everybody, but also with my transition, you know, this whole dating app thing I'm thinking about as we're talking about it and it's just been hit and miss and I stopped dating. When we were talking about the guy that came over my boy toy and you're asking me why I had been, you know, so long, four or five months, September, Brit is what we said. I think so because remember we went to the hospital for that thing. Five months for that. Yeah, it's been five months. So, I've kind of just taken it and looked at it and gone, if I go the rest of my life and I don't have a partner, I think I'm okay. Me too. It's a weird place to be in. I don't think a lot of people were, would understand that. I was going to ask you. I'm good. I Maybe I'll just if, travel the world and be a travel vlogger. I, I, I would love to be a travel vlogger. I think people become so codependent on their significant other, which love is a beautiful thing. But I also think that most people don't have a chance to find out who they really are. And in these 10 years or eight years, you've gone without it. You've transformed your body. You've transformed your business. You have done a wonderful job raising three children. You have your mom living with you and you seem to be this incredible provider. And you are doing good things now. And so not saying that you know, we shouldn't go find a partner, but it seems like you've had a chance to really find who you are and it's worked out incredible for you. Yeah. I like me a lot. I like you. Thank (laughs) you. I like you. Uh, So tell us as we kind of wrap this up here, it's been amazing. What is next for you? What's big? What are you doing? Where do we find you? Like what's going on with Perez here? Well, um, I, uh, I mentioned I was blessed to build this house in Vegas. Yes. Uh, but the first and last house I ever build because it went over budget and behind schedule and it, it, it like took years of, away from my life. Okay. I get so much stress and anxiety that also had a lot to do with like me, uh, 
gaining more, gaining some weight back last year and being unhealthy. No, oh, yeah, so you talked about I'm that. in like hustle mode in 2024 and trying to manifest abundance and yes. more opportunities. So, well, I've got my podcast, which if you enjoyed me on Gabby's, you can listen at PerezPodcast.com. Being the hustler I am, I've yeah. also got a Patreon too. Ooh, tell us all Patreon. about it. Patreon.com slash Perez Hilton. Perfect. It's just... It's like the podcast on steroids. Ooh. They're like, you know, I I'll I'll, I'll go there on the on the Patreon. Like, okay. you know, I'll I'll say things that I wouldn't say to the masses cuz I learned that you should Oh, so say. this so the pod is just on Patreon. No, the podcast, the main perezpodcast.com, we do two episodes a week. So okay. there's the free one for everybody and then if you want the like extra juicy one, that's on That's Patreon. on the Patreon? Yep. Oh, and that's where you go there. And then oh. this year I also launched subscriptions on Instagram. Oh, so I'm gross. live streaming every day. You live stream every day too. I do. It's a thing. Yeah, yeah. so I go I subscribe I launched subscriptions on Instagram for my subscribers and I also launched memberships on YouTube and I'm going live on YouTube every day and, and Instagram every day. What's so. your YouTube? It's Perez Hilton. Oh my God. I love that you have everything Perez. Well, and the Instagram is the Perez Hilton. That's right. Oh yeah. You just got your, uh, you got your accounts back, right? No, I now got, that's the long ass story. Oh, uh, we'll save that. For no, we'll talk about it briefly. Yeah. So I was, you were back on TikTok. I was, and then they kicked me off again. What the hell? I was an early adopter to TikTok. I joined in 2019. I didn't even know what it was. Yeah, before. way before anybody. And then the pandemic happened and TikTok was very different in 2020. It was still predominantly young people. Doing dances and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah, it was very, very young. And also back then people could get accounts deleted by mass reporting. That doesn't happen as much anymore. I would like to think, I'm to or so I'm told. I hope but not. I, I would get so many videos taken down for dangerous stunts like oh i get that a lot. Uh, or yeah. like i would share a lot of the uh, this was 2020 so i would share clips of the riots that were uh -huh. happening in in june of 2020 with everything that happened with um george floyd and those got flagged for violent content and this and that uh -oh. so eventually enough videos got taken down and i got banned permanently they were just like bye but then three years later in december of 2023 a friend of mine who owns this digital agency said you're never gonna believe this but i got you back on tiktok i'm like oh, i don't believe it i didn't i did not believe her so i said all right i need to talk to them like let's set up a zoom so we set up a google meet which is what they do instead sure and i Talk to the TikTok person, this lovely woman that's in the live streaming department because they're making a push for live streaming. So oh, yeah. it was, we'll let you back under the condition that you're an active live streamer on TikTok. I'm like, fine. I just want to be back on. I can do that. Yeah, yeah I can do that. So I was like, and I, I was like, you got this approved, right? Like, it's not just your decision. Like you spoke to your supervisors and they said, yes. She's like, yes, of course. I spoke to my supervisors. I'm like, oh my God, this is amazing. So two months later, just in January, Somebody overruled them. Somebody overruled two layers of TikTok employees, the ground level employee and her supervisors. And they're like, he's not allowed on TikTok. Oh, oh, because I jumped on, like you announced it. I jumped on there. I like, know. He's back. This I is know. great. And then it's gone. Okay. Oh, well, you know what? It happens. I don't need TikTok. No. You and, have and thankfully, it's been going downhill with TikTok shop and all that bullshit. And actually, you might have seen like reels has really turned things around on Instagram. They, okay. So interesting. My reels 
are performing as good or if not better than my TikTok right now. I which told is you. shocking for I me. I know. They've turned things around there. I, so it was it was the other way around for the longest it time. Was. And now like they're just getting shoved out there. They're getting tons of views and tons of like engagement. I'm going, and oh my God. Actually it might be a good idea to think what were some of the early TikTok videos that you did that went viral and not like remake them, but like kind of be inspired the by them. Absolutely. Be inspired by them for, for reels or just, and then also put them on TikTok too, but like do it in a different way or revisit or yeah. whatever. If it worked once before, they'll why would probably it, work again. Why can we get it to work again? Yeah. Oh, love it. Hey, aren't you doing poker this weekend? I am. Okay. I am. I'm doing a celebrity poker tournament and, and I've never played poker that's before. That's what I was going to ask you. I'm like, you don't play poker, right? But yesterday <laughs> I took a lesson. I, 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 I think I got the foundation of it now. Are you a poker player? Uh, no. <laughs> Not, a, I mean, I know the basics, but if my like, Texas hold, I'm like, what? No, my goal is I just want to come in ninth place. Or, that or eighth. So is that like not last place? Well, no, there's a lot of people in the tournament. Okay. There's 70. Oh. It's a bunch of influencers and athletes and some some celebrities, I guess. Okay. Uh, but ninth place is the first cash prize. Oh. So I don't have to put in any of my own money, which is nice. I get to just play. But if I make it to ninth place, I can win 2K. Oh, that's so I'm like, a good payout. Yeah. Oh, that. Oh, and if you win, it's 20K. So I'm like, oh, I'm what, not going to win, but. What are you wearing? Do we get, the, do we get a sneak peek now? No, I, I got to figure that out. Oh, you gonna are go you still going to be in town? I'm not at liberty to say. Okay. <laughs> I oh, there's some things and some stuff, and I just kind of gotta keep my lips. At, why were you gonna invite me to come watch? I mean, you can come. Yeah. Look at that. I just but invited I, myself. On Thursday. <laughs> on Thursday. I'm sorry, wait, what? Is it really? <laughs> it's the day of the WWE event. Uh, we we may have a conflict. Maybe. You never know. <laughs> <laughs> well, Perez, I want to say thank you for thank giving you. us such a deep insight on your life, for being my very first episode of the Globe Podcast. What a way to break out! And I'm honored and continue being you. I think that's what why people. Actually, I'm curious. Mm -hmm. Your audience, I would guess. Now it's probably like mostly female. Yes. Yeah. Eighty six percent. Yep. Female. I guess. And those, then me on TikTok, and then about the same on Instagram. And me. <laughs> and you. But that's my audience too. I love the ladies. I'm I, over. It's almost overwhelmingly women, but they are wonderful. Yeah, and they they just resonate with your authenticity and honesty, and you know, not holding things back, and um. You are you are a unicorn. Oh, Perez, so thank keep you. on shining bright. The world needs you. Thank you, and likewise, I truly believe the world needs you oh. too. Thank you for joining us on the Globe Podcast. We'll see you next time. Quick reminder: This is a listener-supported podcast, so take a moment, head over to the Patreon, show your support. It's patreon.com forward slash Gabby Tuft. If you want to see the video, it's all there for every podcast episode, as well as lots of behind-the-scenes footage, video, and photographs, and even some images that uh, Instagram and social media probably won't let me show. Head on over and subscribe to the Patreon.